Canada curious? This is the Yes We Canada podcast, the progressive's guide to getting the fuck out. This week, Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Hi, everybody. My name is Matt Zimbel. I'm in Montreal. Saskatchewan. Flat. Very flat. Nice people. People who have been practicing social distancing for more than 150 years. Lots of potash, uranium, and wheat. And wheat. And wheat. And flat. It's on the left-hand side of the country, uh, in more ways than one, which we'll get to in a minute, but for geographical purposes, it's the third from the left. If you're looking for sunshine, this is the place for you. They have more days of sunshine than any other province in Canada. But buyer beware. Here the sun can shine and it can still be 70 degrees below zero. Martha, did he say 70 degrees below? Yep, you heard that right. Saskatchewan used to beg for immigrants. Their very generous government would give a quarter square mile of the indigenous people's land to anyone who asked for it, 160 acres for free. They called this homesteading. I mean, you might call it theft, but in fact, they used to solicit overseas people who were British subjects to come to Saskatchewan, which they described as the promised land, fertile earth, lots of water, Gold, silver, lumber, what could possibly go wrong? Winter? Tornadoes? Housing? You see, here on the prairies, there was often nothing to build a house with. So the ingenious settlers, who no doubt learned from the first peoples and then took all the credit, built their houses out of sod. Yeah, earth. The prairie grasses have long, complicated root systems, so the earth can be shaped into bricks and then used to build a house, which can get kind of damp in the spring, but was otherwise not bad. And bonus, no taping and sanding of gyprock. The term dirt poor might have originated here. Who knows, the term sodomy might have originated here too. Oh yeah, and if you were a black settler, in addition to white winters, you also had to deal with white supremacy, because Saskatchewan had more KKK members than any other province in the 1920s, with 25,000 members. Although to protect our prairie young from learning about their forefathers' racist past, that little nugget of KKK fact has been whitewashed. On the other side of the political fence, in 1944, those pinko commie Saskatchewanites elected the first social democratic government in North America. I'm not sure that's what a social democrat fanfare sounds like, Chris, but nice try. And after being elected, those crazy junior Bolsheviks invented Medicare, single-payer universal medicine, where the citizen is not the single-payer. that's better. 
In 2004, our national broadcaster, the CBC, did a reality-style show called The Greatest Canadian. Of course, the top ten nominees were all men, nine white, one Asian. And yes, of course, Gretzky was one of the top ten. But the results were not truly Canadian because the French division of the CBC, called Radio-Canada, chose not to participate. Now, the reason I've plunged you into Canadian television arcana is because the person chosen as the greatest Canadian of all time by English Canadians... It's the series that launched a national debate, and it's wrapped up with style and suspense befitting the Oscars. ...was the man who created the single-payer system of health care called the father of Medicare, the Saskatchewan socialist politician... Tommy! Tommy Douglas. The mother of all national titles goes to the father of Medicare. His family immigrated to Canada from Scotland in 1911 when he was six. Tommy started his professional career as a Baptist minister. But way more important to an American listener than these bothersome historical backstories is the fact that Tommy Douglas had a daughter... Her name was Shirley Douglas. She was an actor, and as most actors do, she married Donald Sutherland. No, sorry, that sentence was mixed up and misleading. It didn't sound right. It should read, as most female actors do, she married Donald Sutherland, and they had an actor kid, and his name is Kiefer Sutherland. And now this story's getting good, right? Let's take a little sidebar and see what Kiefer's up to on TMZ. Ooh, that's not good. Ooh, naked in a bar in Calgary? What the? Fell into a Christmas tree drunk? No, dressed as a bottle of J&B scotch? What the? Oh, my God. Okay, clearly, let's get back to Grandpa, the greatest Canadian, Tommy Douglas. So Tommy's family moves from Scotland to Winnipeg, which we're going to get to in a minute because it's in Manitoba, which is upcoming here on the... uh, Yes, We Canada podcast. As a teenager in Winnipeg, Douglas witnesses the general strike of 1919, where on what's known as Bloody Saturday, the police opened fire on strikers, injuring 30 and killing two. Like most good strikes, this one was made into an opera or a musical or something. Winnipeg, Saturday, June 21st, 1919. The Winnipeg General Strike explodes in violence and death. The day forever to be known as Bloody Saturday. Douglas was massively affected by the strike. He later said, Whenever the powers that be can't get what they want, they're always prepared to resort to violence or hooliganism to break the back of organized opposition. Capital riots, Minneapolis... I don't think we need to back him up any more than that. In Winnipeg, Tommy was studying to become a Baptist minister. But you can already see that the guy was ready to bust a move from the prayer of the pulpit to the power of the politics. Long story short, he became the premier of Saskatchewan. And after a long doctor strike and opposition from all over North America, he created universal health care, which the government of Canada adopted in 1966. Now, I don't want you to get jealous, but my father, a freelance photographer with nothing but Canadian universal health care, spent a week in a brand new teaching hospital in Montreal. 
He had a large private room with an ensuite bathroom, an amazing view of the St. Lawrence River, around-the-clock, genuinely engaged healthcare, and all the newest technology. Eventually, the medical team decided to trick him out with a new pacemaker, a $30,000 pacemaker. Our bill? $8 Canadian for parking. All thanks to Kiefer's grandpa. Well, single payer's nice and all, but I don't want to lose my doctor and face Obama's death panels. Totally get that. Based on the voice I just assigned you, I'm going to guess you're a patriot. Damn straight I am. I love my country. USA. 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 Yeah, we got it. Fair enough. But this is where you lose me. You love your country, but you don't trust your government to provide you with quality health care. Instead, you trust an insurance company. An insurance company. I have to say it one more time. An insurance company. Oh, my lordy, in my thus far limited time on earth, I have not come across a bigger gang of slime balls than those found in the insurance industry. Uh, may I direct you to subsection 3, article A.1.1? Um, yep, uh, you're not covered for that. <laughs> Sorry. And these are the people that you trust more than your government? That's almost as crazy as you going to church every Sunday to hang on to every word of a long-dead, bearded, radical socialist Jew. Well, I'll just pray to him. I'll, I wouldn't vote for him. <laughs> okay, cool. So there are 11 so-called developed countries in the world. Your healthcare system ranks last. Last for access, last for equity, and last for outcomes. The only thing that you were first in, and I know that as an exceptionalist, you love being first, the only thing you were first in was the cost. Your system cost more than all the rest. So proud of you. This will not be on your citizenship test, but you need to know. When you immigrate here and you're hanging out at your local, raising a pint of delicious craft beer, you will not be hearing stories about how your neighbor lost her house when she went bankrupt to pay for her chemo treatments. You will not hear stories about your friend from high school who's stuck in a dead-end job because he doesn't want to lose his company health benefits. And you will not hear the story of a woman who is abused by her husband but can't leave the marriage because she'd lose her health insurance. These are tragic American stories that you will not have to hear while enjoying your icy pint. Instead, you'll hear a lot of this. Cold enough for you, eh? Oh yeah, and in Canada, we enjoy our health care longer. 3.2 years longer than you do in the States. Y'all kick the bucket at 78, and we buy the farm at 81.2. Oh! Not boasting, just stating. Okay, let's get back to Saskatchewan, because it's a lot more than Medicare and sod homes. For the citizenship test, you should know that the largest city in Saskatchewan is called Saskatoon. Don't get this mixed up. A lot of people get this mixed up. Saskatchewan does not exist, but it's a commonly made mistake on the citizenship test. In 2018, the New York Times released their cherished list of the 52 places to visit in 2019. And there was only one Canadian destination on the list. Saskatoon, which placed as number 18. It is a lovely city. I was there once doing an interview with the singing megastar Katie Lang. 
We were both seated in the lobby cafe of the old Canadian National Railway Hotel, the Hotel Besborough. The waitress approached us and said, What can I get you, fellas? <coughs> Cut. Heading east from Saskatchewan, we're going to drop in on Manitoba. Manitoba, you're my sunshine. Friendly. That's what it says on the license plate. Friendly Manitoba. And indeed, friendly is the Canadian brand. That's what you say about us. I went to Canada and everyone was so friendly. I have never understood this. I would be more likely to say that the people here are reserved. Canadians are not what you might call outgoing. And yes, once they drop the reserve, they are very friendly. But generally, I think Americans are more accessible. Don't get me wrong, because with accessible in America, you also get a lot of people oversharing about their dysfunctional gallbladder. Well, it could be my gallbladder, but maybe it's my giblets. I'm not sure you have giblets, but you should see a doctor about that. Generally, I find Americans chattier. Being in New York City to me is like being at a social. Complete strangers, and in fact, incomplete strangers, will start conversations at the drop of a hat, full of a kind of, hey, we're all in this together bravado. A lot of people see this as New York City hucksterism. But to me, it's a dance. A chatty, funny piece of street theater full of human warmth. Maybe it's the weather that makes us more reserved. You know, there's some things you need to know about the weather in Manitoba. Because it's very cold in the winter, very humid in the summer. The mosquitoes in the summer are very, very friendly and very accessible. But if you're an American progressive, and of course you are, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, then you might really like it here in Manitoba. A lot of Bolsheviks came here in the 30s, and there's still a lot of intellectuals hanging around. Lots of artists, a lot of French-Canadian creators, a lot of very strong indigenous and Métis culture. Plus, if you ever need to get to North Dakota or Minnesota in a hurry, you're right next door. For your citizenship test, you should know that women in Manitoba could vote in provincial elections two years before the rest of the women in Canada had the right to vote, thanks to a radical woman writer and politician by the name of Nellie McClung. Manitoba the home of the suffragettes. And that's not a football team. It's much more powerful. And you should know also that even though Manitoba is smack dab in the middle of Canada, it is one of the provinces that borders on an ocean. Yes, this could easily be a trick question on your citizenship test, but not for you because you've completed the free Yes We Canada test prep course. Look at a map of Manitoba and then look up. No, higher, up, look, up, 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 up. See the Hudson Bay? Yep. Well, that huge body of salty water is connected to the Arctic Ocean. Trick question averted. But trust me on this. Hudson Bay is not where you want to buy ocean frontage. Look around. Imagine your summer in one of the 110,000 lakes in Manitoba. You could build a cottage. Sucking bastards. Uh. 